Hey, welcome back to the SBP podcast, Mobile Filmmaking. I'm your host, Susie Botello, and you're listening to episode 173. We are Fade Into Film. Hey, everybody, we are here back, back on a roll. We are rolling with 2024. This is the first episode of February. And I've got Ryan McDonald and Levi Austin Morris, Fade Into Film duo, <laughs> mm. uh, for today. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a good January so far. Yeah, it's, so, I mean, yeah. how's this year gone so far? Well, we've only had four weeks. I mean, you just won. You just won more more awards, <laughs> didn't you, Ryan? Yeah, dude. I mean, that's that's a, that's a great beginning to the new year. You yeah. know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I was so I wasn't here in the last uh, episode um, because I was actually in Park City uh, for it's called the Scorpius Film Festival. It's uh, it started and ended right before Sundance and Slamdance. Um, and we, that's a lot of dancing. Uh, the, yeah. They, they screened, um, uh, my, my short, my horror short film, uh, with Wolfman, which is ancient evils, Moonblood, And we won best director for a horror film for horror. That's short. amazing. So, that's so amazing. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah. How many awards is that now? Uh, for that film in three that's months. That's my first time winning best director for that. Oh, film. okay. Um, okay. but we've, We've picked up several yeah, I, around, I think, like special effects. Okay. Was like we think we've had like five or six of those. Okay, um, and it's kind of played in different parts of the world. Okay. So it's been congratulations. Yeah. I I think I was thinking also of the other one that we haven't been saying the name, but I really enjoy. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Ancient Neil Frank. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So hey guys, um, guess what? Yeah. There's like basically like eighty something days left for the film festival. Ooh, how are you feeling? I am amped. Are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am like, oh my God, I got to get this done. I got to get this other thing. I got a list though. I, yeah. I, I, I mean, this, this happens every year. I just make it more exciting. You know, the good thing about having it organized in the way that, that I do, I basically, I almost have a template for it, mm -hmm. um, is that it frees up my mind for getting more creative each year. Sure, with, sure. Especially with something new. And we just announced, I don't know if you heard yet, but we just announced a theme for 2024 for the International Mobile Film Festival in San Diego. And it is, Illuminate. do you know what it is? Illuminate. Just, yeah, <laughs> I do know what it is. I saw, I saw the announcement. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, you're in the announcement, all illuminated. I'm illuminated. Yes, the whole group is. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so we're going to have to have some fun with that word uh, between now and April. Yeah. And hey, 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 listeners, how you guys doing? I'm wondering if any of you have submitted your films into the film festival because I sent out an email to all the submitters, whether... They were being selected or not. I just sent out an email to everyone earlier this week or Friday last week. I can't remember now. It's been busy. And if you're listening and you're one of those, um, you know, feel free to give, you know, give me a shout out. Like as far as like, hey, I'm here. I listened to you 
because I'd like to know who you are because I want to collect some names and maybe give you a shout out on the next episode of yeah, the podcast. Yeah, that's cool. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, uh, so that's enough for the festival news. I can't give it all away. I can't give hmm. all the expectations and secrets away, but it is underway. April 26th through the 28th, you guys pack your bags. Start packing. <laughs> it's a little early to be packing. Happen? Just saying. <laughs> uh, what was that? What's your ne- what's the what's the next deadline? The next. Oh, we're done. No more deadlines. Oh, okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm just I'm just super excited about it. So you can tell where my head's been yeah. all day. Uh, Levi, what have you been up to? Um, I mean, I've been I've been doing a couple of things. I've been uh, working on the distribution stuff for paralysis, which is a big headache because it deals with a lot of legal stuff. So you're finally there. Well, I mean, we're still waiting to hear back from five film festivals. Um, so come uh, end of March, that's when we'll start uh, at more actively um, either trying to find. I mean, we're in the process of trying to find distribution, but because um, it's a long process anyway. But uh, we won't be able to distribute until after March anyway. Mm. Um, and then I've been working on my next screenplay, which has been both fruitful and frustrating because, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ryan, I'm sure you understand this. There are moments that you hit writer's block, and I've mm-hmm. been stuck <laughs> on the same issue for a while. So. I recently uh, purchased a number of John Waters films because I realized that I've been fighting sort of the the genre that this is. This next film is very much kind of queer cinema. Mm. Um, and I've been kind of fighting that. So I, I think I'm trying to embrace that more now and be sort of influenced and inspired by other queer filmmakers. But But it's been a frustrating process as well. So, yeah. So I'm still yeah. 73 pages in. <laughs> And, Only and seventy three. Well, hey, that's still pretty good. I'm just teasing sure. you, Levi. Yeah, <laughs> that is. Yeah, I'm at. I'm at a point with my screenplay. I got it like eighty five pages, and I realized like one of the biggest problems with it is really how it starts out in those first like yeah. twenty or thirty. And I'm debating even finishing the the next this draft, the, the rest of it. Yeah, because I'm like I already know how much I'm going to change. So it's like you might as well start. But on one new. hand, I was like. I, yeah, on one hand, I had a goal of just just finish it and then work on the second draft. Sure. Now I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I already know I'm scrapping like fifty percent of this. So like, why am I? I should just like start fresh. But it's the script I've been writing for the last year, so it sucks. It's like I just yeah. need to get it yeah. done. I and feel that I've been writing this since last year too. Yeah. Yeah, I I really did want to ask you guys actually about you know this little competition we have between the two of you, um, and you. We have and a competition Randy, between the two of us. I know. Between <laughs> the two of you, who's gonna finish that script uh, screenplay first? You. Oh, the screenplay first. Ryan, My money's on Ryan. Or Brandy. My money's on Ryan. Brandy had one too, right? Yeah, Brandy's writing one too, yeah. and so we're. She's actually, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's pretty far along the way too as nice. well. So we're. <laughs> we're trying to race each other to the end, but now I'm realizing that's why I was yeah. like, I could just stop now and go back to re- the beginning of what I know I I want to change now. So well, so this is listeners. This is this is the um, this is why you guys get paid the big bucks. <laughs> the nightmare of the screenplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So I wanted to ask you guys. I, I mean, I did want to ask you guys about your screenplays and how far along were you were because i think you know you guys talked about that in a few episodes ago Mm -hmm. um and so i just wanted to get a little bit of an update on that 
But also, I wanted to ask you guys, you guys are both actors, filmmakers, but you've both uh, been in in this industry quite a number of years. And I just want to hear from both of you. I guess I'll start with Ryan this time. Ryan, how has mobile filmmaking changed your film career, or has it? That's a good question. I... I don't necessarily know that the trajectory changed too much, um, but I started making movies on cell phones. I mean, back when like the iPhone six was a newer phone, um, so it was quite some time ago. It was more. This is like it was right before Tangerine came out. It, it was. Um, I think even the first thing we shot was on a Samsung Galaxy One, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was more kind of like can you was like mm-hmm. the idea because I noticed that it was like I can record basically 1080p and and you know record like a, a um, you know just I was having fun why, why can't I now I just put actors in front of it and go from there so we had done several uh, test short films not really test short films but short films where we purposely used the a phone They're, it was called The Replacement there's three of them um, you can find them on the New Ogden Cinema YouTube channel and so that was and in my mind I was always I going for the idea that we make we would make a feature film with an iPhone um and so in that sense like eventually I mean we did make my feature film and it was it was you know micro budget dirt cheap um and using the phone was helpful now again I shot with an iPhone 6 so I mean it was um with the same iPhone 6 that I continued to use that we had previously used on the other ones um so I mean, trajectory-wise, I don't know in the same sense, though, but it, it did certainly put me in a spot where whatever next movie I go to make, um, we were able to travel the world with that movie. Mm. Uh, we were in the International Mobile Film Festival as well yeah. um, with the feature film, and you know we were able to collect awards and laurels, and I kind of got exposure in a way that I didn't have before without a feature film. Mm. So. And did it help you make more yes. movies? Like, you know, do you think also that because you were filming some of your films with the phone that it helped you produce more movies, get more experience and more, you know, filmmaker clout in a way because you've got more films under your belt, sort of speak? Yeah. yeah well, I um, my whole thought with the, the feature film, Married and Loving, was that it would be something where if whatever we do win, it, it would just be the the base jump that we can go for the next mm-hmm. one. So when I'm trying to recruit actors, it's easier to say like, you know, come along with me on this journey because like we're going to, it's very possible we're going to win because we've won before. Yeah. Um, we've done such a great job before. Um, and then, yeah, also it's kind of like if you, if I can take a phone and if I can shoot this with a phone, just imagine what else we can do. Um, overall and i mean i think levi you if it wasn't this episode it was the episode before it was just also just the places that you can yeah that you can go with your phone yeah. mm-hmm. the nooks and the crannies and the spots that you can fill into and I, i've even thought that like you know when you go to shoot in public and you're and you don't have a permit yeah. as we often never do right. <laughs> um you know if if you if your crew is really low-key uh, you could get away with probably filming in public and not have those issues because nobody's really noticing that you're filming because you have because it's, it's with a the phone. phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's another thing I wanted to bring up uh, that I keep forgetting to bring up, um, which is with the Black Magic camera, you can you can hold your your phone vertically and still record mm. horizontally. Sure. Interesting. So I I just think yeah. that for guerrilla filmmaking is yeah. quite helpful. Yeah, and then yeah, just with the 
different awards that we were able to collect and and obviously now now it's on amazon so i just like yeah that it certainly adds helps to the clout again yeah. so when i'm trying to you're trying to convince another actor to um you know again like dedicate their time and even even when you're paying them but still it's their time yeah right like it's still it's still, you still want them to believe want in the project you know, yeah, yeah, and, you, for sure. and you've got your and, IMDb, and I think you you also, I mean, thank God, IMDb is not like, oh, it must not be shot with a phone or something like that for it to mm-hmm. qualify. You know, thank God that's not what they use for qualification. But yeah. if you made a film and you completed a film, which is what I like about IMDb, is the is the thing is like, well, if if you're a filmmaker, you completed a film. You're a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's like, mm-hmm. you know, it just kind of goes back and back. You know, mm-hmm. you're a filmmaker if you make a film. If you make a film, you're a filmmaker. And that's that. And mm-hmm. that's how you qualify. Yeah. And when people go to check you out and they go to your IMDb and they see all your credits there, that also, you know, I'm sure that helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because that's your career. Your career is a filmmaker. Mine's not necessarily that you know what i'm saying yeah it's not that one thing basically yeah well with my with my situation it's it's similar to ryan's in that i um i started iphone i I mean i was a theater major in college and that was sort of my focus and then i uh moved out to la in 2011 planning on moving to film and i was auditioning for a number of things from when I moved out here in 2011 until about 2014. And I just got sick of waiting for the right parts to come along. I got sick of, you know, asking for permission to perform. Um, so I, I had an iPhone and I was, I I had just inherited an iPhone. It was the 4S and I was like, I am sick of waiting around. So I'm just going to start creating my own content, my own films, my own short films. Um, and so in 2014, I made two short films um, and uh, on my iPhone, and that actually inspired a number of my friends to create a production company together. Uh, and one nice. of my friends, he had a DSLR, so we stopped filming on iPhones, and we would film on his DSLR for a few years. Um, and then when that sort of fizzled out, I went back to iPhone and I started, uh, I mean, I was already part of a sketch group with some friends and mm-hmm. we started to record our sketches. We had like, I don't know, like 20 to 30 sketches we did between 2015 and 2019. I remember I watching those actually. Yeah, yeah. And they were, they were all filmed on our iPhones. Um, and at first they were very, um, the people I was filming with were very, adamant about not filming on our iPhones, not filming with our phones. Um, and I kept telling them, no, you guys, like there's like, there's great resources. There's the, these apps, there's these, you know, lenses, there's these tools that we can use, uh, to improve the quality. Um, and I think by like 2016 or 17, I think I had sort of converted them. Um, and, (laughs) and they ended up being, you know, uh, part of my team for w- once, like once I realized I don't want to do sketch comedy, I want to go back to film because that's where my love is. That's where my heart is. Yeah. Um, I started to write short films again um, and I would direct them uh, and shoot them on my iPhone. And the people that I was doing sketch comedy with ended up becoming part of that production company. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think we just would like we did, I think, like eight short films between 2014 and 2019. 
Um, and then, and then finally it was like, let's do a feature. And that was during COVID that I started to write that. And yeah, so we shot that during, and so like trajectory wise, I think what it did more than anything is it made, it made all of my ideas possible. Like it was, it was that I had ideas. I wanted to shoot the film and I wasn't, it was never, uh, I, I never saw it as a hindrance, even though back in 2014, people were still very nose in the air about shooting anything on an iPhone. But for myself, I was like, this is a tool and I get to tell the stories I want to tell, you know? Um, so yeah, I think it was always just a tool that allowed me to, express myself and and it's been a massive growing experience and there's been massive growth even in the technology um but i'm i definitely feel like i am a better filmmaker because i had access to the iphone because i could play with ideas i could explore things that if i didn't have the iphone i couldn't afford a dslr so it gave me the opportunity to play and discover things in shooting in editing and lighting and all of those things. Um, yeah. So, and, and it sounds like it also, um, what it does for someone who's, you know, uh, on the way to making films is that it builds your confidence, you know, because yeah. you're experiencing and doing it over and over again and you're trying new things and you're fixing things and altering things and, yeah. and you're completing things. You're completing actual productions from beginning to end yeah and i mean that's all that all happens organically you're not really aware of that as it's happening no, you're just doing not. it but yeah you're just very like but then you like like right now if i go back and watch my first short film or first three short films i i i sit quietly and go "Ooh, this is uncomfortable um but but like i also recognize that that had to happen for me to get where i am now you know um so, yeah, I, I feel like um, it gave me the opportunity to make mistakes. You know, it gave me opportunity to figure things out. You know, I mean, we still made mistakes. We still made mistakes on the T. We still made mistakes on paralysis, you know. Um, but it helped me know for next time, like with the T, um, a lot of the that's I mean, that's the short film that you talk about a lot, Susie. Um, yeah. uh, there's a lot of shots where we cut back to Allison's character and I unfortunately did not actually record that much of Allison's reactions to things. Um, it, so a lot of those shots were things as we were setting up, Allison was like already getting into character. And, and I was like, well, crap, I didn't record enough of Allison reacting to things. So I'm just going to have to use these shots of her getting into character, um, sort of reacting to things. So some of them were specifically storyboarded, but like that was something that I learned after, after the fact, when I was in editing, I was like, oh, crap, I did not shoot enough coverage of Allison. Um, and so we did not make that mistake in paralysis. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. one of the, the mistakes that I think you, you know, it's easy to forget is mm -hmm. the, the reaction shots, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, especially when shooting the dialogue scenes. Yeah. Yep. You know, because yeah, we were only shooting dialogue. Yeah, the very typical thing is like, oh, you say this line, it's all you. The next mm -hmm. person says that line, it's all them. And you go back and forth like that. And that's that's not, if you watch enough movies, yeah. that's not how that works. Yeah, I mean, you need to see how people are responding. And that's why like, some of my favorite shots in Paralysis are um, 
I mean, it's not even it's not even shots like, wow, that's really cinematic. It's just shots like, wow, that performance is very good, is Lisa Gay, the woman who plays the medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but when Allison's character is talking at the at the table, Lisa Gay has some beautiful, vulnerable, yes. sensitive reactions to what she's saying. And as I was editing, I was like, oh, I would be a fool for not putting this in there, you know. Um, it's part of the story. Yeah, yeah, it is because it, 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 like you, the the relationships of the characters are developed in the nonverbal, not in the verbal. You know, like like how somebody looks at you is how they feel about you. You know, you can say something to somebody's face and not mean it, but how you look at them reveals how you truly feel. You know. Yeah, the actors. The actors getting together, and you you guys know this as actors, it's it's always good for the actors to meet up, even without the directors or any crew or anything, and just kind of have a, a little bit of a conversation of like, all right, let's build our backstories as sure. characters so that, because a lot of times the director doesn't tell you that. Sometimes for some reason they're not experienced enough to tell you that, give you an entire backstory to your character. Yeah. And they don't realize how important that is for an actor to get into character. It's not just about the screenplay and that's it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I think with what you're saying, I think um, for myself coming from a theater background, rehearsals are so important to me. And we didn't get as much time with paralysis as I would have liked for rehearsals. Uh, but like every scene we did rehearse before we shot it and we rehearsed multiple times until I felt like we got the rhythm. We got the, what we were looking for, but like in all of my short films, we rehearsed them all like a play. Um, and yeah. the reason we did that is because I want the actors to find the chemistry. I want the actors to find the relationships. I want, you know, we'll talk about your backstory. We'll talk about, yeah. Um, and that's not something that is as common in the film industry. Like, like, there are some directors who are known for extensive rehearsal processes, but for a lot of them, it's just show up on the day and let's get to work. Yeah, and that's that's kind of not the best way to do it as far as acting is concerned because you could make your story better. Mm-hmm. And if you make your story better, you do it. I, I think characters in acting are they're so important to, to livening up a story, bringing it to life. Yeah. From the screenplays that you guys are writing. Um, I also think the little short experience that I had, you know, because I had worked on films, even as a cinematographer uh, for for so long and being a part of a crew, uh, which is so exciting. Right. And I was never on a set on the other side as an actor. Mm. And so when I had to do that favor uh, for someone and go in and play this part in their little short film. It was very small. It was a very small part, but it gave me a perspective that I didn't have before into understanding what it's like to be an actor. Yeah. When you're an actor, you have your lines and all this stuff. You're breaking into character, all this stuff. And meanwhile, Levi, Ryan, you guys are listening to people ruffle around you know gear equipment this and that the light all these things and you're just trying to keep it together i have no idea (laughs) and then you have to you know let's do that again and you're trying to remember every little thing 
if you don't have a script supervisor on set, it it's even worse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I advise every every director, every filmmaker should always have at least one time experienced what it's like getting behind a camera. I mean, <laughs> getting in front of the camera, of yeah. course. No, I I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I do. I think I think that the I mean. I don't know. I think I I do feel like actors uh, make good. Di- not all actors. I will say not all actors because I don't think that all actors. Uh, but I think that there is a benefit to uh, having experience acting uh, mm-hmm. when you are also a director because I think that um, you you can not only understand um, the journey that these actors are taking more. Um, I think you can learn how to communicate better with actors uh, because I think that there are different techniques that different actors take and you have to realize the different techniques. Like some people are going to be a little more heady. Some people are going to be a little more playful. Some people are going to, you know, like in how they approach performing. Mm -hmm. And so you need to be able to adapt to each actor. And I think with your own acting experience, you'll not only have that experience with other actors, but you'll also figure out what your own experience as a performer is. Um, like, do I internalize things or am I just playing or am I, you know, where, where's like, where is my objective coming from, you know? Um, and, and, and how can I communicate? Yeah. I, I just feel like it helps you with communicating with actors better. Um, yeah. I think even uh, like I, I think um, actors should take the opportunity if you if you know if it's not a shot that you're in, but then sit with the crew mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like watch the mechanics of what's going on because I feel like at times where I've acted for other people, um, I might not bring the better performance though. Tooting my own home, where I have won a couple of uh, best acting. Uh, awards and short films that I was in, but Toot um, that horn, man. but Toot I, it. <laughs> <laughs> but because I know, because I've directed so much as well, like as an actor, I know like once we put our mark, I need to stay put. Yeah, I can't, you know, I can't move because then the focus is out. I know how that because I've edited so much. I know like what I should be doing before we say action. What I should do when I leave the frame, or kind of like where I should start. Yeah. Um, Where did you put that start- thing down yeah, so that I can pick it up when I have to do it again and where yeah. do I place mm-hmm. it yeah. and all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And so it just, I think it helps in there because there's been times where I've, I've worked with actors who are great actors and they're great people and I would absolutely love to work with them again. Um, but there's moments where I kind of have to be like, hey, you, like once we set that focus, you need to see yeah. your ass now. Yeah. <laughs> like, you need to stop moving because every time you step away, I have to reset the focus. Yeah. And yep. so it's like, we, we, you know, once you're there, you got to stay there. Or um, sometimes trying to explain some of the mechanics of, of different things of the reason why we're about to do something like um, there's a. You know, there's there's an interview with Liam Neeson where he's where he's talking about how his first day on Schindler's List and how Steven Spielberg. There's a shot of of him that's kind of like him holding a cigarette and it's burning while he's in this like nightclub, and he was really frustrated with Steven Spielberg because he was like, I would never hold my cigarette like this this close to my face, mm. and it just doesn't make sense and things like that. And he's but he and so he actually almost quit the film. He was getting kind of irritated over a and then, cigarette. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then he's like sees the and then he sees the shot and he's like now oh I get it mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. like why why this was and I know Christopher Nolan talks about it, like I was just better just to tell actors like hey the lighting next to the window is a lot better so yes. you can just move over there and and so sometimes with when I'm directing an actor I'll even be honest with you I was like I don't have a motivation for why you're 
about to do what you're doing, going to do. Yeah. But I do know that blocking wise, I need you to walk over. And there. the thing with so, that, and the thing that I have so experienced that that's that. frustrating with some actors is, um, like, uh, we can figure out your motivation together. That's fine. But, but like, me coming from a theater background, it is my job as an actor to find the motivation for myself. I should not have to rely on a director to find that motivation. And I have had actors like, well, I don't understand why I'm doing this. And it's like, because technically it works better for what we're doing right now. So you need, you need to find the motivation in this moment uh, because I don't have the time to sit here and discuss it with you. You know, like, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the gun just has to be in, in your other hand. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Cause it looks cool. Yeah. So just, just, just pull it out because with um, the lighting and with the camera setup and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but that's and also, also probably a little bit <laughs> comes from them not understanding their character enough because quite honestly, it's like, well, this, this isn't part of like this, this is not defining your character or the story it, itself per se, but we still want you to do that because it works better because of the the lighting and the angle and stuff like that. We just want you to do that. Just 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 humor me. Yeah, I mean, it definitely know? goes back to what I was saying about how I think each actor approaches things differently, and I think that um, I've worked with some very heady actors who uh, who really need uh, with the director to guide them to help them understand the journey of their character from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've worked with actors who are like Allison, who is like, let's just play. And as we're playing, we'll discover things and, um, we'll figure out what's working and we'll figure out what's not, you know? Um, and I don't and have she's a preference. Such a good actor too. She's so fantastic. Yeah. And I, I don't have a preference, but, um, I, 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 I oftentimes can be a heady actor myself, but you know, I think there's a time there's a time for that conversation. There's a time for the conversation of, I'm not understanding this. Let's have this conversation. Uh, it's not when we're on set shooting, you know, That's like it's like, it's, say, it's yeah. during the rehearsal <laughs> process before we get to set, you know? Like, yeah. 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 If you don't know by the time we get on set, then you haven't done your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm like, is that the first time you met the director on set? Right. Not my films. They meet no, me early, exactly. early. That's the whole point. Yeah. Well, Could you imagine though? You you haven't even the, what, the director hasn't even met you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You come yeah. on set on the first day. You're like, where's the director? What's oh, it's that's it's that's that actually how the there. guy who um he's in the my new my latest uh, Franken rooster oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um runs with Doc yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> film also on um. I knew on Sims YouTube channel, but like the guy who plays, so I played detective Chaz, but the guy who's like the, the other detective. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, he, I, I, I hadn't met him before. I met him that day, that night that he showed up. Oh, wow. So, For the, had, but he uh, was directing. No, no, no. no I he was, was directing, directing Ryan was directing, but as oh. the, yeah, but I, I hadn't, I'd spoke with him over like I am. Yeah. Um, but I need, and I, I was introduced to him by the special effects makeup artist yeah. for the film uh the person who built the monster his name's sean gordon um and uh but i had i hadn't met the i had not met the actor until he showed up mm. um in person and so but of course we're doing a short and there was a lot of moments where i was kind of like you know i apologize like this this isn't the media's role um <laughs> yeah there's not it, there's not really like a big in-depth thing here mm-hmm. you don't have a whole lot of dialogue you're mostly kind of standing behind me but you know there's a gag in it yeah and i was like you're the best gag of the whole thing um, so there, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so it has to be done. Yeah. Um, it, with my feature married and loving it, there was a lot of, 
intention to have rehearsals ahead of time. Um, and I had, so that people would know each other so that they would be a kind of a, a feeling like because they're supposed to be married and they're supposed to be married for 10 years. So there should be a feeling yeah. of like familiarity, familiarity yeah. with mm-hmm. the area. Yeah. Um, the same way with like when I'm acting out, I like to wear like if I'm wearing a jacket, I like to wear the jacket, I like to figure out like where is this item supposed to be that I'm pulling out of my pocket sure. like which pocket and why would i put it in that pocket and not why because like oh my mother used taught me like this but just why because it makes sense for how i yeah. how i collect my things um but in the opening scene the two actors in the opening scene because I, I told them it was gonna be 17 pages and i wanted to try to do as like the illusion of a of a one take shot by having it be like four long takes sure. that we would cut together so they knew that they were doing 17 pages and the two actors knew each other they'd already worked in a play together Okay. Um, and so that part, there's a reason why it was those two. It also helps um, that you hired actors who had been in plays because I think people who have been in plays are not intimidated by memorizing 17 pages. Whereas I think film yeah. actors are terrified by that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, um, <laughs> yes. the actor, Mike Solaris, a, um, longtime friend and actor, I've worked with him on several other projects, but, and I, I, he'd just done a play where he had the first, I think, 20 minutes of the play was I mean, once he's on stage, he's on stage for the next 20 yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, and it's and a lot of it's just him. So I was like, well, if he can do that, then yeah. he could probably do 17 t- pages of dialogue. For sure. um, and so I spoke with him about that. And then as we were about to go shoot it, we met one more time and I was I was actually nervous. I, w- I actually thought maybe I should just I was like, I was like they, they don't have this like memorized. I, I hadn't even seen him do it yet. Um and we, him and I went out for a beer, and he's like, "So you're still thinking of like doing it in one take, right?" And I was like, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't know if, if you know, if you guys aren't ready." He's like, "Oh no, that's what we've been practicing." Good, and good. I was, I was like, "Oh, awesome." Yeah. <laughs> um, that's so fantastic. They had rehearsed, yeah, uh, yeah, they had rehearsed, but some of the other actors, uh, to their credit, I was rewriting some of the dialogue the week before we shot it over the weekend, so they didn't really have a, a chance yeah. to. Yeah. Um, and the only time they'd met each other was in the auditions. We did a couple of rounds of auditions, and I want to see how people paired together yeah, chemistry. Reads. Um, yeah. So there was more kind of like, um, we haven't done this yet and, but we're about to, yeah. uh, so read this over and, but, and then the backstory of course, for the story is things that I experienced. So like, even though I said like, explore your own backstory, I was also like, Hey, Hey, when this fight really did happen, um, I actually did do this moment. So that's what, mm. and so there, I had the backstory already, but yeah. So, um, so what we're what we're doing here is <laughs> giving some giving our listeners who are aspiring filmmakers a few ideas on where actors are coming from, yeah, wh- how you should treat them, and how to get the best performance. Because quite honestly, if you're gonna get once you've chosen your actors, you do want you do count on them. Uh, if uh, the one thing about your actors, it's um, this is very very obvious. You can't just let them go in the middle mm-hmm. of a film. Yeah. You can't just get rid of them. You know, if you don't like them, if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to start over. Yeah, and that's stressful. I mean, I haven't yes. done that, but I haven't fired anybody. But well, I, sometimes people quit. Sometimes it's sure. not like you you're completely mm-hmm. clueless that the actor, some actor, is having a hard time with you. Yeah. Or with someone else and they leave. They just say, that's it. I'm quitting. I mean, unless you're working on a feature film and you have a good report with with the with the actor mm-hmm. and you have a contract and all those things in place. And you should do these things for short films. But let's be honest, you know, not many people do. 
And I would say um, one of the things that I think is beneficial is communi- com- at least because um, every actor, again, does approach things differently. Uh, mm-hmm. Communicate with your actors. Ask the actors what kind of things they need, you know, like like and see if like, you know, like I, I, I Allison, for instance, uh, is an actor that. I, I, she doesn't need as much positive reinforcement. Like she, she obviously appreciates that. Like, Hey, this is a good shot. But like one thing that she knew about me is if, if I, if we did a shot and then I said, okay, reset, let's do it again. And then I'd give her an adjustment. If we finished a shot and it was what I needed, if like, sometimes I'd say great, but sometimes I'd say, okay, let's move on. And she would, she, like, she talked to me about it afterwards and she was like, you know, sometimes I wasn't sure if I was giving you what you needed. And so I learned that Allison needed a little more, like, that was good. You know, you did good on that shot. Let's move on. You know, like, like, as opposed to just like skipping over and saying, let's move on, you know? So it's like, Oh my God. Com- yeah. I think communicating with, <laughs> communicating with your actors, uh, yes. to, to their needs, you know, like, and making sure that like, um, so that they feel confident about what they're doing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think you, I've, ne- I've, you know, I think most, most times they, they do that. You know, directors are pretty good about telling, telling their actors, all right, that was good. But like you said, I mean, like sometimes Levi, you don't have time though. Sometimes you're just like, let's move on. You're the actor and <laughs> the director and the half cinematographer, <laughs> though, Levi. Hmm? <laughs> you sometimes you're the actor, the taking on to cinematography plus yeah. directing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think that I mean might I wore too many hats a little bit. Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but and I won't do, and I do know I won't do that again, just because spreading yeah. myself that thin made it very difficult to um, do everything at the capacity I would have liked to. Because it was also a feature-length film. But this yeah. is a great segue. So some of you guys listening are actors as well. Maybe you're interested in keeping things going. Like, you know, what we were just talking about IMDb, right? And so keeping keeping you in the acting industry... Uh, actors are advised don't go dormant too long because people will forget about you even if you're super famous and if you do great uh, hop on that momentum and get rolling on another film right away one way of doing that is to make short films Mm -hmm. they allow them on imdb guys so (laughs) you're getting more acting credit and you can also pull off a directing credit too um by making your own films and shooting them with your phone. And while you're, you know, between jobs, acting jobs and things like that, you can always do that. Just hop on a weekend with some friends. I mean, that's when we were doing our sketches. Uh, we would, you know, like one of our, one of our, one of the people in our sketch was pretty successful and he's still pretty successful. But if there was downtime, we'd come together and we'd start shooting sketches. Um, and it's just, it's a way to keep, keep yourself active it's a way to keep warm it's a way to keep creative it's a way to keep your mind uh on the artistic thing that you are you know constantly pursuing um and i i will say it 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 is a thousand percent made me a better filmmaker i i know i'm a much stronger filmmaker because i did you know 30 to 60 sketches in a number of years as well as short films you know um 
and taking improv classes, you know, like there's different things actors can do to keep themselves warm. But I think one of them is just trial by fire and just doing it, you know? Yeah. And I think we were talking about that in that one episode, but about marketing yourself. And, and I think this is part of it. Just making, making short films as an actor is one way to, to keep, it, it gives you content that you can yeah. promote yourself in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you can help a few other colleagues with it, you know, For sure. um, who are also mm -hmm. actors who want to stay involved and might really enjoy working with you and all these things, you know, this is an industry that's so heavily based on networking and who, you know, and yeah. all that mm -hmm. stuff that I'm sure it can only be helpful. Have you guys ever walked onto a set and then gone, Oh my God, I know you. I, we worked on this other film together with someone else. You know, <laughs> uh, my editor has said that he'll, he'll meet people that he's, he's like, I, I've, he's like, the people aren't aware that they worked on the same movie together. <laughs> But he is because he edited the film, mm. and so that's um, yeah. So he's he's like I've seen like hours of this person, but they've never actually met them. Mm. And they didn't know who I was. In comparison to the movie, uh, that's my editor Lucas Hardy for uh, Married and Loving It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've yeah, there's been plenty of times of you know, of course you want to network. I mean, I think it's not just not just to stay relevant though. Wouldn't be. Um, I think you're an actor. You're looking for work, and if you're not able to find it, then you should then certainly create yeah. it. Yeah, you just want to keep your um, name out there too, yes. uh, because well, I think it's, it's that a, it's, honestly yeah, doesn't yeah. cross my but, mind when I'm doing it. For me, it's I have an innate yeah. need to be creative and to be creating, and mm -hmm. so for myself, mm -hmm. it's never about I need to keep my name out there. It's like. I need to tell this story now, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're special. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and if, and it, you know, but if That's you look funny. at like, um, like, like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, you know, they've, they've come up recently. Well, I mean, not that they ever were lost, yeah. but like, I'm like, um, what? where did they go? <laughs> I know, but a lot of interviews of them together, sitting together, sure. talking about like mm -hmm. Goodwill hunting has yeah. come up because they made air last year. Uh, they wrote it together. And, and, um, that was a good movie. And it, when they, yeah, when they when they speak about Goodwill Hunting, it was something similar. They were both actors. They were trying, and I remember like seeing Ben Affleck before Goodwill Hunting and other things, Mallrats and, mm -hmm. um, and some HBO stuff. And so, like, but they were they were um, talking about how like they were they were trying to get these other gigs and they weren't working. Yeah. So then the idea of writing something to put themselves in was like the next thing. Yeah. Um, and so as I mentioned a moment ago, like it's only going to help you as an actor because then you're going to start learning how the filmmaking process works. So now you're, now you know how to do, you're going to have to do both. Yeah. You know that you need to be, um, how to get into your emotions and what your motivations are for the character and things like that. But also be aware that this is a very technical process and your ability to, um, also be a team player and the technicality of yeah. it helps us all too yeah. and speeds us along as we go. So we can get both, the emotions and the range of the acting, but also like we don't have to keep coming back because like, dude, you keep going out of focus. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like the line's great, uh -huh. your anger's great, uh, but you keep stepping forward. And I need you to stay back. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so that's funny. So that's why I so I agree with you, Levi. It's not necessarily relevancy. It's more just a uh, an inherent need to kind of create and act. But if you're not getting a gig, then write one. Yeah, for I, yourself. Yep. What would you say, Levi, is a percentage of actors that are also artists? I mean, I think I think most actors that I know are also artists, but I will say um, not all of them have the drive or the um, passion. It's not even that. Like I have Motivation? a very close. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just I have a 
I think that they, I think there are some actors who think that there is a certain road and a certain route to success. Mm-hmm. And, and so they don't really uh, step away from what they think they should do. Um, and so I, I know plenty of actors who don't write at all. Um, and it shocks me. Um, and I, and I work with quite a few of them, you know, I've, I like, they've worked on paralysis. They've worked on the first feature I ever did that I don't talk about. And, and I like for some of them, they found sort of like their creative drive through that, through the first feature we did together. Um, but for some of them, it's just not something they want to do. They don't want to create their own work. They want other people to do it, you know? Um, and so I think, I think, you know, there's going to be actors in both lanes, but, but I, I will say like of my friends in LA, it's probably like 50 to 60% of them are also writers, directors, creators, you know, where they're, they're either creating their own content or helping others create their own content. Um, like the hag in our film is also a producer. Um, she didn't produce our film, but she's a producer for other people. She's also a theater actor. She's also, you know, she's a number of things. Yeah. So there's like, uh, there's, there's, yeah, there's different avenues that I think you can take creatively in the filmmaking world. I know a lot of actors who are like set designers or art directors or, um, whatever, you know, most of the, honestly, most of the people who worked on paralysis were also in it, um, in some way or, or helped in other ways. Like the next script that I'm writing most of the people who are, because that's an ensemble cast. The next one's a big cast, and they're mostly the crew from Paralysis, which oh. is which is great because they're also <laughs> actors. But it's also stressful because I'm like, well, damn it, now I got to find a crew, you know? Like so, yeah. Um, oh well, there's a little dilemma. I mean, thank God we're quite a ways away, and I plan yeah. on having a well, bigger budget and a bigger team. But well, yeah. let's see also who we meet at the film festival. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, start recruiting people. That is that is uh actually pretty interesting. Yeah, I you know, in my world, I really believe everybody has some sort of artistic something inside yeah. of them. I just an artistic voice, yeah. Something, yeah. And I think and, and the reason why I was asking that is because um people who have uh, who are known, uh, you know, who are aware, conscious, right, of their art, you know, that, that that they are artists in some way or another. They they understand that they feel that need to create. Yeah. And and it's a little it's a little different than people who don't have that need or yeah. is their voice is not as loud if we're going to go that route. <laughs> sure. So I just thought that was really interesting. Hey, I, I know this this is going to sound really, really random, but do you think that the iPhone 16 guys should have two USB-C ports instead of just one? Ryan. <laughs> uh, great question. I mean, it's for well, so like the purpose for, of being able to yeah, if export you're gonna record, and charge at the same time. Well, because if you're going to record with log capture and ProRes and everything, they suggest that you obviously... Uh, that you can plug in your USB-C drive to record in, hard drive. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's one USB-C connector. All, all I know is that once you start connecting too many things to too many things to too many things, you start degrading the, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. the quality. And so I'm just wondering why wouldn't, if the USB-C port 
it fits on an iPhone, then why not put two? Because they like, I mean, if I'm speaking candidly and honestly, and I do love Apple because I own, you know, iPhone and a Mac and everything. But my biggest issue with Apple and the reason that I get very angry with them is because they are in the business of making money and they don't care about efficiency in some regards. In some regards, they just want us to buy more equipment um, so that they can continue to make money. Because I think if they had two USB-C ports, though, it would it would be so much better for filmmaking. Because sure, then you could plug in your drive and then you could plug in, charge at the same time and do the yeah. the audio and things like that if you wanted to. Headphones, all these things. I but just they'd think, rather you buy an extender uh, or, or uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. like something dec- to attach to your phone so that you can do those things. Like they want you to spend the money on more of their equipment. Um, so that but you're not. You're using Belkin or whatever other brand most people are, and I think it's just draining. I'm I'm just saying. You know, yeah. No. I mean, I, I agree with you. I just get annoyed with how hey, like, Apple. Maybe Sony or Samsung I mean, will do it. You know. Well, I'm not, probably I'm because not they're they're probably because their number one focus for selling their brand for selling the the product isn't for filmmakers. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, why redesign the entire phone? For, well, they do you know. it every year anyway. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but like, but why specifically? Well, for they us, do. I mean, why not? I mean, they're doing sense, so you know? much for filmmakers as it is on their cameras already. You know, they're putting yeah, they're, they're putting leaving, the investment they're kind of leaving there. The challenge of like, kind of leaving the challenge of like, hey, you're you're gonna have to figure out the battery part. Yeah, as you go, um, you guys, because the wide majority <laughs> you guys of people like who are two, buying this two Apple reps aren't. turning me down. Like, yeah. no, Susie, we don't want to do well, that because no, I'm, I, I agree with <laughs> I mean, you. I think it'd be cool I, if they I, did. Yeah, just, and I agree I, you know, with you. It's I, just I don't think that they. I think they prefer to make money, uh, and so I don't think yeah. that. I think that they're still looking at things as a business, and and how they can make the most money. Um, I don't think that anything will ever be convenience for them like let's help out the filmmakers let's help out the users you know Mm -hmm. let's help the filmmakers buy our phone that has two usb-c ports instead of buying samsung who just Mm -hmm. decided to listen to this podcast and get this wonderful idea and do it (laughs) (laughs) i mean because if they were really doing because i guess they could build like the way the the lenses yeah you know like um Make it so it's a so you can screw on a, any lenses on there. Yeah, yeah. except yeah. for the size. <laughs> you know, um, so I mean, you know, are they business? Are they in business to make money? Sure, like that's that's what a business is, right? Um, are they going to cater to the section of people that make or that are filmmakers? All right, Probably so not. hey, listeners, I, mean, I don't know how many of you guys <laughs> would like to see that. <laughs> She's like <laughs> Levi and Ryan are crapping on my idea. Just like I thought this would be a great idea, a great incentive for them to put on, but hey. We agree with panelists. you. Oh, you do? Okay. I agree. We I, do. Just, I feel like I'm arguing with Apple. I brought I Apple don't. into my podcast. That's yeah, so funny. I, don't yeah. that I just don't think it's realistic because I think they'd rather make money, but we agree with you. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think there's yeah. a way I to mean, convince them to else, make money yeah. by doing just what we want them to do. <laughs> I mean, everything else is is gravy though. Like I'm Yeah. Uh, true. You know, the stabilization in um in, in, like I mean, I have an iPhone 11 and so like uh 11 Pro still and so Same. um so 
you know, and you start snowing and I, um, when we go like sl- sledding, I posted on my Instagram about two years ago, like I took my phone and I sent my, one of my daughters down, Sophia, the one who's been on the podcast before, I sent her down the hill and I was right behind her laying on my stomach, but on a, on a sled or a, like mm. a disc or whatever it is. Yeah. And I had my phone out and I was, when I got done and I was looking at the video, I was like, wow, the stabilization that was really good for the fact that I was going down the, the mountain, holding it mm. in my hand. Yeah. Um, Did you ever watch it on another so, screen, by the way, too? No, I've only watched it. I watched it on my phone, okay. and I watched it when I posted it on Instagram. So. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, but, uh, but it, so I think there's already um, there's a lot of technology that's 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 put in there. Yeah. There, um, so I mean, it'd be one more thing to add the the USB port. Um, I'm not saying that they're not filmmaker focused. I just don't know how far they're going to go with it, but. Um, well, they don't even have the idea to do it yet, I'm sure. Yeah, that's true. Um, and and I mean, the USB-C Levi, you, like, you first... shot with multiple phones, right? Well, yeah, we shot if... with two. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I just... Out. So anyways, if any of our listeners would like an extra USB-C port on their iPhones, gosh darn it, tag me and let me know. So, okay. So I think we've pretty much... Is there anything else we've missed? That I don't we think should so. Be... Yeah, I think we were pretty thorough. Yeah. Uh, on this on this episode, and I think I'm so happy that you guys were able to share more about yeah. yourselves with with everyone. Throw some good vibes out there for Ryan, Brandy, and Levi's screenplay. Thank you very much. I'm hoping to move forward in that area <laughs> instead of feeling stuck. Yeah, especially yeah. you know, yeah, you you bury yourself in in your screenplay, and then you're. Like, I definitely ah. do. I do. Yeah. Do you ever find? Do you guys yeah. ever find that when you watch a really good movie, you get a little motivated to like, oh my god, I want to make a film now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, there's sometimes where it's almost been like that was it was so good I was almost like uh like the very first time I saw Dark Knight, I saw an IMAX opening weekend wow. when it finished. It kind of made me like. I was jealous, but I was jealous, but not in a hateful way, but just in a, like, oh, my God, like, how did you do such a thing? Um, then I later I, I watched Following also by Christopher Nolan and like and that now more on a level of budgeting. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how did he do that? too? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel uh, I just actually before we jumped on this podcast, I watched a trailer for an indie horror film that was at Sundance. And I thought to myself, I was like, damn it, they did that really well. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah. Again, in a, a jealous in a good way, yeah. you know, I think it's okay to have a healthy amount of envy. Sure. Sometimes I'll, I'll see a film that uh, one of the people on my, on my team make and, and I, it's like, they make a really good gag or something like that. And I'm like, damn it. That was really good. Mm. That was really good. <laughs> Anyways, but you, but it inspires you kind of like, Oh yeah, we, I, we got to do it. I got to do something similar. Well, not similar, but just like, one. yeah. Inspired. I mean, um, honestly so, for me, yeah. uh, the movie, the favorite, which came out in 2018, I think, I loved that movie. Um, it's by the guy who directed Poor Things, which came out this year, which, by the way, is oh, yeah. my favorite movie of the award season. I think it's brilliant. Um, but the favorite is actually the thing that inspired the tea. Um, so I watched that movie and I was I loved the humor of these very sort of, um, you know, high, high status people um, uh, not actually communicating what they want um, and 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 the relationships and everything and so uh, I use that as a jumping board and that's where the tea came from so um, yeah so I, I I'm absolutely inspired by filmmakers and 
other art, you know, music and things like that. So, um, yeah. Well, I think this is a great way to to end this episode because I want to leave you guys hanging with what Levi just said. And guess where you can find that? Come to our film festival in April. Heck yeah, absolutely. <laughs> ins- Be inspired by get other inspired, filmmakers. inspired, motivated, hook up with some people, make your next yeah. films, and have fun. And be a star for a day or two or three (laughs) or the rest of the year. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. Say goodbye to our listeners. Until next time. Yeah. See you next time.